Welcome to part two of the episode, what I had to do to uh, save my marriage. And again, from for clarity's sake, no, I didn't have to do those things. I chose to do those things. It was my free will, but those things had to be done in order for my relationship to be saved. And um, so let's continue on. For those who don't know me, my name is Agatha Langer and I am a relationship coach. I have women especially, not that men are not welcome, but mostly I work with men and women to break the cycles of conflicts in their relationship so they can feel valued, appreciated and heard and feel like they are um, a just a valuable part of their relationship and a, a, a valuable member of their family. So continuing on the on the topic of what, what I chose to do, right, to save my relationship, there was one thing that I am obviously and absolutely not proud of that I used to do, and that was talking uh, badly in a very negative way to my friends, to my therapist at that time. Yes, absolutely, I needed to vent about my husband, right? But also to my parents, to my sister, what I was doing is really painting my husband as a villain and um, you know for some reason and again that that was the programming that was um, speaking through me that I thought that I needed to to just be that poor me right to be that victim if I if somebody's a villain and I paint them as a villain then people can take pity on me they can stand by my side because well if we position ourselves as, as the poor me as the victim then we kind of want people to be our on our side and and I needed that I needed to people to be on my side um, so that I can feel like I'm not alone and so that I can feel like I have somebody on my side that I can fight this battle against what I thought was my husband, right? Who was um, the villain. And, and I just needed that. So what I would do, I would have lunch with my friends, right? And then before we know, you know it, I had a whole laundry list of things that my husband had done, that he had said. And again, um, talking about those things through my own lens, adding my narrative to them. So what was happening, of course, my lens was distorted because my lens was full of my pain from the past, full of those all those emotions that were driving my behavior and that were um, that were really controlling the way that I was seeing things and that had nothing to do with neutrality. That was absolutely all like crooked and distorted. And this is the truth, according to me, that I was presenting to my friends, to my family, to my therapist. I didn't see how to see through it and be more neutral at that point. So so-called dirty laundry was not staying in our house or in our laundry room. It was really carried out and everybody that I spoke to, I would talk about it. I, I would just even randomly, uh, like let's say if, if I booked a massage, right? And, um, and we started chatting with, with that person, with the massage therapies, I would, I would just like really want to vent out. I would want to uh, see how 
hurt I was in the relationship, how unfair it was to me that I had to deal with, of, with all those things, how not right and wrong, well, wrong of my husband was to behave in a certain ways. And I would kind of be picking those little pieces where, uh, you know, when he would say something to me that was just so cruel and so just wrong right and I would present them to my audience to the the people that I was speaking to so they would give me that pity and they'd be like oh poor you oh my gosh how you're how you're going through it and I would be not only the victim but also the hero because here I was doing all I can to my family sacrificing myself always having the dinner on time ready right and I would be like, well, I do all this for them. I never take care of myself. And like that was supposed to be my husband's fault that I don't, right? Because my excuses was, well, there was no time. There was all those family demands. There was this, this and that I had to do. And suddenly I was not only a victim, but also the hero of the story. And I was presenting it that way. And I just felt like, like, um, like a hero, like like you're in the wrong which is which was my husband at that time and i'm in the right like i know it all i'm doing it the right way and you're not and i know a lot of you might be saying well okay but my husband's drinking like what i, I am i driving him into drinking well i'll, I'll tell you honestly and I, I i'm not going to say that it's that in every case right but yes a lot of times we actually have so many demands and requirements and expectations on our partners that they want to escape and one of the escape mechanisms is drinking right it could be drugs it could be working two jobs because they just want to escape from all the demands that we have when we come back home when when they come back home i'm sorry and we suddenly present them with all those things that they should be doing and maybe don't want to be doing and then accusing them feeling them making them feel guilty so and it's not a straightforward kind of situation i'm saying it might be the reason uh relationships sometimes have a little bit other you know paths that they they follow so it not might be it might not be the case but i'm just saying that it's worth looking at what kind of pressure we bring into the relationship um that maybe that your partner is just trying to escape um and again they escape in many ways right so yes what i had to learn and what what i wanted to learn was that our dirty laundry was reserved you know to stay uh, in our um in inside our home and um and i just made a promise to myself that unless i speak from the point of neutrality about my husband then I am not going to speak at all. I am not going to be throwing mud at him and painting him as a villain uh, because it just wasn't right. Because, I, and now I can see clearly that I was contributing um, a lot of things that were wrecking our relationship and I didn't know that I was doing it. I just thought that that's how it, a relationship should look like. And again, I didn't have that that introspect that looking at myself and thinking oh is that right is that wrong like why did i do that why, why did it really how does it work or affect our relationship i didn't have any of that i was just playing out the programming that i received 
again speaking again from my ego uh, it had too much of a voice at that time um, but I made a promise to myself to keep that all information to, to myself and and to look at it from that from more um, of neutrality which brings me to the point of um, practicing gratitude or, or appreciation because a lot, a lot of you might be actually practicing already gratitude and appreciation, right? Maybe you have a jar where you're putting your little notes and maybe you have a gratitude rack. I know some recommend the gratitude rack right by your bed. Maybe you have a journal when you, uh, where you write all those things down and that's wonderful. But what I want to point out is that back then, especially, I mean, in my case, um, my gratitude had double standards, meaning I was grateful for the things that I thought were like great and be thankful for, right? But I didn't see that I needed to be grateful for all the things that were happening in my life because no, my life wasn't as I wanted to be, but it was definitely as it needed to be so that certain things can come up, can surface, and I can finally take a look at them. Were they painful? Yeah. Heck yes, they were, but they were supposed to be painful. So I don't dismiss them. So I don't ignore them and just move on. They needed to be painful to the point that I finally was paying attention. So at that point where I figured out, okay, like my husband is really doing me a big favor. He's doing those things not to me, but for me and for our relationship and for actually my um, self-development when I gained that kind of power of introspect where I could look at myself and correct if I needed to, right? And be honest with myself and my behavior. And so his behavior really kind of directed me toward that th that thinking and shifting my mind that way. So um, the gratitude that I started practicing was not conditional upon the things that brought me joy, right? But really for all the things that life was presenting with me that my husband was presenting me with at that time and maybe at that point I didn't really know like what service certain things certain situations were doing for me maybe I didn't see it quite yet but that's okay I would say I am grateful for that because I know this is my lesson I know that there is um, something in there for me and I might not see it now but I'm still grateful for it and when we do that, when we practice that unconditional gratitude versus the, the double standards gratitude, right? Then we really do open ourselves up to see those lessons and to see what there is for us and where are we being pointed toward. Let's talk another about another pattern that I brought from my uh, childhood. It was a behavioral pattern that was like a wrecking ball to our relationship. And I'll describe this pattern to you. Again, I was playing it out really very unconsciously. Um, I thought that was just the way of being. I got it from my mom, how she was doing it, how she was playing, out, playing it out in her marriage. And um, well, let me describe this to you first so you can know what I'm talking about. So at that point, my husband really couldn't do anything right. In my eyes, there was just hardly anything that he could do right. If he did, I would dismiss it. 
like I would not look at it I would not appreciate him for it like it's just had no value whatsoever it did but I chose not to see value in it right so when I needed help with something when I when I put on my plate more than I could chew and I would do that frequently to prove myself it was again another destructive pattern of behavior that a lot of us do we're those overachievers and it's like see look what I can do like I can do this 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 and handle and juggle all that please at least say thank you for it or appreciate me for it look how much I'm doing I'm sacrificing and I'm not spending that time for myself I'm doing this all for you right again this is a destructive pattern of thinking faulty really thinking that the more we do the more value we'll have to others and the more they will appreciate us and love us for it okay so that's why I would be doing this and then if my plate was full if if I had more on my plate than I could possibly chew I start getting overwhelmed and that was frequent and if my husband didn't chip in and didn't help me and no I didn't ask him because I was too proud number one number two I would be expecting that he would just see how much I'm sacrificing myself right how much I'm working how hard and he would be just oh honey let me help you let me chip in because I see that you know that you're working so hard and I can see that you have too much on your plate like that's what I was waiting for from him but when he asked me hey is there anything wrong because he could already see that I was edgy right I would be like no everything's fine but it wasn't I was just playing that part of a victim not asking for help and if I did ask it would be like more like an accusation than really asking for help um and then so what I would do is to punish him for him not knowing that I needed help or something was wrong punish him with silence with being silent like I would just close off be like moody and silent and if he was asking me hey did I do something wrong or did, did do I need to do something different because I see something's not nope everything's fine everything's fine nothing's wrong that would that was my that was my behavioral pattern right and then I thought in my mind that he needed to be punished so now I'm punishing him being silent being all moody and being all edgy because he should have known what to do right and that was in my mind and when all those emotions that I was under all that pressure was too much I would finally explode and I would just say all I needed to say in a very nasty unkind way and of course causing an argument absolutely and that kind with that kind of argument under that much emotional of emotional burden I didn't see I couldn't see through anything like it was like almost like fog so thick that I could see nothing through like no perspective from the other side it was just like my pain that I needed to get out did it work yeah it relieved all the pressure all the anger it all came out leaving me absolutely exhausted exhausted pumped out like a balloon without air and that to recover from that I needed two three days at least to come back to that normal that was at that time right where I could function again 
and just talk like a human being and being able to respond like a human being. But looking back at all that, I can see that I've wasted so much time on that cycle of arguing. From the time that I decided that my husband was at fault, that he did something wrong or by doing something or not doing something, either way, he was wrong, right? And I was the one who needed help and nobody came and saved me. From the time that I got silent and, silent and quiet, not wanting to talk to the time, of course, of an argument, which was probably the worst part as far as, you know, the kids saw it, they witnessed it. I'm sure that um, they didn't like it and they didn't feel safe at that time. And then to the time, through the time that I needed to recover from all that. So we're talking probably a week's worth of time that I could have used for something much more productive, right? In a much more creative, whether, whether that's, that's like a nice project or spending time with kids or spending time with family. And that time was wasted. And I can't tell you how many of those cycles I went through until I woke up. Until I woke up and I could look at myself and be like, like, okay, is that really right? Is that right what I'm doing? Is that right to expect those things of my husband? Like, what, what is it? Where, what's my part in it that's contributing to our relationship falling apart? And, um, and once I decided to break that, was that easy? No. No, because it's years and years of programming. Did I slip? Yes, many times. But I've tried again, I picked myself up, I tried again, and I finally could break that vicious cycle of that conflict and of that, um, of that behavioral pattern of being quiet, not asking for help, just exactly what I just um, introduced to you. One of those times when I was venting to my mom on the phone and, t and telling her how bad my husband was and how cruel he was and you know it was that that poor me she said something that stopped me in my tracks um i did not know how to respond to it back then i was really taken back i um i think my my ego and my pride at that point were like punctured severely when she said that and what she said was well god created him for something maybe Maybe he's got value in who he is and what he does for you. And again, I, I didn't know how to respond to it. It made me like really shut up, <laughs> which was a good thing. It was a good slap in the face back then. And now that I look at our relationship and how it all, all the story of our relationship, I see that my husband always stood by my side. Did we argue? Yes, we argued. Was it nasty a lot of times? Absolutely. Nasty to the point like you wouldn't like cuss words and you name it and name calling um, and all those things. But despite the fact that I was in the wrong so many times and I was the one that was really causing a lot of those conflicts in our relationship, which I didn't see at that point, he always stood by me. It's almost like he he had always been waiting for my true nature to surface. And by the way, if you're thinking, okay, what if my true nature is like a mean person? No, it's not. We're all made of the energy of love. We're light, we're love, love and light. 
that's who you are and just as I'm going to say this back then I was thinking thinking to myself and doubting like my god maybe I'm just such a mean person am I always going to be like that can a human being actually change there was a lot of talk back then about the, the neuroplasticity of your brain and they were saying that it's only during childhood that you can change and then later and I was like oh scared like can I actually is it going to be stayed that way because I hated myself for a lot of that behavior although I thought I was right and I was the victim I also hated myself for being that person right and my husband always stood by me I was not always loyal to him like I just told you I was going and talking badly about him and behind his back right and painting him as a devil basically so I was not always there for him yet he was he was there for me when I was finally ready to set on the journey of self-discovery self-retrospection um, spiritual growth absolutely and just basically looking at my own wounding and cleaning that up and that journey ain't pretty i'll tell you it is that journey that you set on when you set your foot on that journey like you can't stop it just doesn't stop you want more and more and more because you know that that true nature nature of you is kind of calling your name you know that that's where you need to be you know that you need to wake up more and more and more and you need to shed off those layers of programming and what's not you because you're not comfortable with it and i wasn't those are those were the parts that i hated about myself i thought i hated myself but it wasn't true and if you're saying you don't love yourself no it's not you that you don't love it's just the parts of you that really aren't you that's what you don't love and you write for it because they are all of those ugly programming and and your ego speaking and all those wounds well yes we do need to love it all as in appreciate for all the experiences that it gives us and the opportunity to heal and to opportunity to discover our power and all that right absolutely but if you say i hate myself then trust me you just haven't discovered the true you the true na the nature of you and the essence of you this is something by the way that uh, within my program healing relationship blueprint we go through that process it's not just a process of healing relationships it's basically um and I think primarily healing the relationship you have with yourself so that the relationship with your partner can heal as well. So coming back to what I was saying, my husband stood always by me, right? And you might be in that situation where you appreciate your partner for certain things but then for other things you're like how can be he's not like me like i wish he could be more organized like me or i wish he could manage his time a little better he's always late or i wish he could be spending more time with me and all those things right and, and i just want to tell you that when you attract your when you've met and attracted your partner you were meant to fill in your blanks you were you were meant to have a certain set of talents and of skills and so does he he has a certain uh, range of talents and of skills right but a lot of times we just dismiss them we don't see them and if we see a lack of something then we we kind of um, point it out 
instead of focusing on the good things that the partner is bringing to the relationship, we focus on the lack of them. And, and a lot of times I remember um, thinking to myself, well, I'm the organized in the household, right? And I was just like really resentment for all the things that my husband was not, or he was lacking. Because it was like, well, why do I have to do all those things? But then I was forgetting about all the things that he does and I didn't have to do, right? And also remember that a lot of times you will attract a partner who is in a lot of ways quite opposite than that you are. Maybe the way that you do things, maybe the pace in which you do things, maybe you like to be all over the place and just fast and doing things at the spur of a moment and just be spontaneous. And your partner is like, uh, wait, wait, wait a second. We used to think that through, right? And that's the case in my relationship. I am the, I'm like the visionary, the uh, idea producer, a um, hundred a minute. And I used to resent my husband that he wasn't like that. And not only that, I would be like, well, I have all those ideas and I want to do things and you never want to do things. Like it's always me that does things. And he would be my stabilizer. I had all those ideas and I didn't, I never realized that. Right. And he would be like, okay, we can, I'm like, well, okay, you're, it's a great idea. Let's just do it. Let's just go for it. Let's go and start. And he needed that space to think things through and maybe through and plan them out. Whereas I was just like, just like, yeah, let's do it. So he was, he was that rock for me where I could be that visionary, but he would also put a stop to a lot of it. And thank God that he did because I would be starting a hundred of projects and probably not completing 99% of them. Right? So when he put like a little bit of a break on my, um, on my idea producing mind, um, then I could actually sift through those ideas and just stick with the one that actually made sense. So in that case, it was just working, right? And I, I resented him for it a lot of times because what I thought was that he was criticizing me and not being on the board with me because I wanted to do all those things. And he was like, no, let's just think about it. Or like he would just listen through, but he would not take action right away. Or he wouldn't be excited about all those ideas that I had, right? And when he wasn't excited, I was thinking like, well, you just like are a party pooper, right? As we say, like you never get excited about anything. You just like have no life in you. Like what's wrong with you, right? And so... Now I see that he was really like the rock and he was giving me space for that I could do all those things. But he was also that solid rock that would keep me grounded. Might see that you might be that grounded person and your partner might be the idea launcher. It might be the other way around. You might be like the idea producing woman uh, and your partner might be might be more like a solid kind of down to earth, like let's make a plan, right? And just not being as excited about things as you are or, do, or doing uh, uh, projects. A lot of times, you know, I hear from you, the women that I work with, and I hear, 
you know, I always need to initiate things, whether it's a trip or like um, renovation or we start renovation and we don't finish it for like months and it's just sitting there and my husband doesn't want to do anything, like he's tired after work. And so like take a look at this and what I encourage you is to take a look at it and and just see where you think it's your way or it's highway. See where you're trying to be on the same page just by being really on your page and your and your partner or your husband you're requiring him that he meets you there instead of also seeing where he is at and slowing down a little bit despite the fact that i know you want to do so many things because i am like that i'm like that too go on a trip do something with like life even if it's just going out to the park right well sometimes and a lot of times it will be the case where it's not necessarily your partner's need to go out to the park or take a walk or be outside with the kids or spending the time the, the way that you think time should be spent. So I know that I was getting resentful for all those things for a long time, but now I can see my husband, that he played a totally different role for me, again, holding that space for me so I could figure myself out and I'm being very much more cautious about um, about my quote-unquote requirements for him to be in a relationship or what expectations I have. And also remembering that a relationship is not where two people need to do the same thing. Because we always, I hear also a lot, and that's again in my case, we don't have many things in common as far as our hobbies like let's just say I like hiking my husband really doesn't he's like more like a stay at home buddy and I like to go and experience and travel um, and just experience new things and, and he could just do without it and and it's fine it's not something that your relationship requires to be sustained and to be successful it's really not um, so I encourage you to see how much you're dependent on your partner being on the same page which is on your page with everything right and how much you're trying to uh, kind of control that behavior and what he does what he doesn't want to do and um and seeing yourself in a relationship as two different still free free individuals like seeing that freedom within relationship for a long time, I thought, well, once you're in a relationship, you got to do things together. It's, you know, once you're in a relationship, uh, you got to kind of work as a, as a team, right? But as a team does not mean that you're doing or making your partner do everything that, that you want to do and he should just follow. Um, so this is, again, I had to revise in my head the... Um, the the meaning of a relationship right or how a relationship should look like and really giving um that sovereignty to a to two human beings which is me myself and and my husband within that relationship um and just finding like a nice medium in between where we really work together on the things that that matter to both of us and that have value to both of us and doing things separately as we need to so that we can take care of our own needs and we can let that other person uh, take care of their own needs as well. Um, I hope I gave you 
a lot of good nuggets from today and something that you can take away and start applying uh, within your relationship and seeing the results right away. Thank you for listening.